Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. Welcome everyone to episode seven. It's unbelievable. These weeks are flying by, Steve. They are. And we've got a cracker of a show for you today, haven't we? We have. So much stuff to cram in. I hope we can get it all in. We better get started quickly. I did did ask uh, uh, during the week, I did uh, mention on Facebook that I was going to try to talk you into having a bit longer but we'll uh, see how it goes, eh? The thing is, we're getting so much stuff through from people. People are, uh, I, whether they're listening to the podcast or not, that we're getting so many people asking questions and so much to discuss. Well, keep them coming, folks. Yeah, don't hold You're back. You're our bread and butter. Absolutely. The more you send us, the better. Okay, let's crack on straight away. Uh, every week, we start the podcast with a story. So, Dad, what are you going to tell us today? Uh, well, I'm going to jump forward a bit, Steve. Um, mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about the gallery and uh, how we opened up. What I want to do is to go back to the first exhibition that uh, I did at Olympia. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Uh, I touched on it on the first ever podcast mm. but really I, I need to go into it a bit more because a lot of people have asked me over the years how did you feel when you did your first exhibition mm. remember this was the one in olympia and it was the first ever just about a week before where are we on time scales with this because we were this at 1982 were we last time yeah, when you opened yeah we jumped to 1980 gosh 1986, actually. 1986, yeah. so we're jumping a few years now. Yeah. Well, what I did, a friend of mine took me along to the Olympia show uh, because he used to work for Swan Stabilo, which was the maker of the pencil I was using. So at this point, you discover pastel pencils, I'd which we talked about that. in a previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, but th- this, this led, led on to this. Anyway, I met the managing director of Swan Stabilo at the stand in Olympia, and he was very impressed, and so were all the staff of what with the work and he asked me flat out would you demonstrate for me I said yes of course I would you know thinking gosh what have I said he also dropped another bombshell he said do you know Colin because I showed him a couple of pictures that I'd done he said you know these are really good he said what I would love you to do is to do a picture of my cat the managing director was supposed to be asked you to do a picture of his cat yes so can you imagine I started shaking him and she was like blimey if I make a lousy job of this, that's the demonstration <laughs> gone. So I said, yes, of course I would. Anyway, I did actually do that. And I have got a picture of this, Steve. I will actually sh- I put this onto Facebook in, uh, sometime during this week. Can I dig explain. it out? Yeah, no, I've got it on, on the... Uh, I saw it the other day. You've got it on your computer? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so I can show you the picture that I did for him. He was very impressed, I'm happy to say. And uh, he then got in touch with me just prior to the exhibition and said, uh, Colin, you know, it's all set up for you. This was in the spring of 1987. I was shaking in my shoes. A week beforehand, I was a bag of nerves. I couldn't sleep. You can imagine I was thinking all sorts of horrible things. And do you know who came to the rescue? Your mum. Did she? Yep. Eileen said to me, look, Colin, you're a salesman. You were trained as a salesman. Why don't you think, rather than oh, God, these people are looking at me drawing this picture, to showing and selling the pastel pencil. Mm. You know, selling it as a, as a product. Anyway, the more I thought about it, I thought, yeah, that would work. So the exhibition came, and the first morning uh, I appeared on the stand, still very nervous, as you can imagine, but remembering what uh, your mum said. So I did that for the first 
part of the morning, all I was saying to people, and it was thousands of people kept you know, coming past the stand, there were many demonstrators at this exhibition demonstrating the products. And they were saying to me, oh, Colin, this is lovely. What a beautiful cat. And I was saying, yes, well, these pencils are really good and they've got a, re they've got a, a, a lovely pastel, pastel-y feel. And I was going about on the action. And they were saying to me, hmm, yes, that's nice, but what a lovely pussy. Time the morning had finished, I got the idea that maybe people were more interested in the cat I was drawing rather than the pencils I was using. Right, right, I see. So that gave me a little bit of confidence. Anyway, from then onwards, I didn't look back. I finished the first day really, really enjoying it and I uh, couldn't wait for the next. So it got me over a major hurdle, that. We, did you more or less sell then your work? Not your work, but did you concentrate less on selling the pencil than yes. concentrate on selling the product that you'd produced That's rather right. than the tools that you were using? That's exactly right. Right. It switched emphasis, you see. Mm. And it was quite right. And, the, and, of course, swans were over the moon because they were getting lots of people coming in with, oh, not, they couldn't buy these pencils. I've got to emphasise this was the trade show. So what they were doing, it was a PR exercise. Right. But they, but uh, the sales of pencils did go up after that. I know that for, for a fact because people used to, you know, went away from there and think, oh, we're going to buy these for our shops and, you know, so on. So that's how it came about. But during that exhibition, the editor, David Mills, of the Artists and Illustrators magazine, came along to the stand. He said, Colin, you know, I'd love for you to do an article for us in the Artists and Illustrators. Would you do that for me? I said, sure, I would. Had you met him before? No. This first time he introduced first, himself? First time, yeah. So I did. And the article actually has been appearing all this week on, the, on Facebook. Ah, you that scanned same it article. in. Yeah. Scanned it in and shown. And the, uh, the final picture that I produced goes out today, Monday. Yep. And I'll put it on the Facebook so you'll be able to see the finished picture. Was the cat in that article the cat that you'd drawn for the chap, or was it another cat? No, no. No, just completely different. Right. No, the, the cat that I, do, I did for him, I never thought about that, but I could have done that. But oh. I think it was more a, a present for him. I mean, I, I didn't get paid for it, but I did get a great big box of complimentary pencils, which was very <laughs> handy. <laughs> I, th I felt that it was, it was, it was, a, a, it was my PR, that was. Oh, yeah, worth doing. It sure was. And yeah. by, by golly, that launched my career. But I thought people would be interested because, you know, when you're doing a demonstration uh, in your front of, especially in a London uh, exhibition, you can understand the nerves and how you would feel. But I s quickly got over them, thanks to that bit of advice from your mum. Right. Fantastic. So that was your first art exhibition then? Mm, mm. at Olympia. At Olympia, yeah. In London. That's a pretty That's big right. venue to start off at, isn't it? It was, yeah. Well, I've, I've always been uh, of the mind of throwing me in the deep end. And that was definitely throwing me in the deep pretty end. Pretty deep end, that <laughs> yeah. one, isn't it? Okay, excellent. Moving on, we've got we've got to finish from last week. The story that you started left us off on a cliffhanger. I, I didn't get to last week. We've got to finally get to it this week. I've remembered our friend Chris. Yes, that's right. Let's backtrack a couple of weeks because okay, let's refresh everyone's memory on this story. So Chris, a, a chap that we both know, came in to the gallery. Yes. And he had it brought some framing in, and while I was sorting that out for him, I caught him at looking at my pictures. Yeah. Uh, my pastel pencil pictures on the wall and I asked him I said oh you're all right Chris he said yeah he said how do you do this I said how do you do it he said I, I, 
for the life of me, and I'm studying these very closely, I can't work out why they look so real. Now, I, I'm going to go over it again because I, I mentioned it last week that Chris is, is meticulous at his work. His work is absolutely hair for hair accurate. He works in acrylic. So he could be... His, I, I, I personally thought his work was exquisite. However, it did look like a photograph when it was finished. And I'm sure many of you out there will, will, will have seen this kind of work before done, where it's every hair is in place. But that wasn't satisfying, Chris. He wanted to know how I got to do what I do. <clears throat> well, I'm going to backtrack very briefly now. Once again, this is your mum stepping in. She's quite handy, isn't she, my mum? She was very useful in my early days, still is, of course, in my early days. What happened when I was painting in watercolour, I was falling in that same trap that I'm talking about with Chris. I was trying to make my watercolours finer and finer, and I started off with an O-grade gauge brush, and I ended up with uh, four O's gauge brush, which was almost like a single hair. What I was trying to do was get in very, very fine detail, right? Anyway, when the pastel pencils came along, your mum said to me, do you know this is going to do you the world of good? It's going to stop you from putting all that detail in because you can't do it with a pastel pencil. You can go so far with it, but you can't get it in. And I said, you know, you're probably right there. I was get, I'm getting silly now. I'm trying to do the impossible. What I did then with the pastel pencil, I still produce the detail, but I had to create the impression of what I was seeing as opposed to the actual. Now remember that because that is the critically is the key to all of this. Going back to Chris when he was looking on the wall, I, I said to him, well, I don't know, Chris, um, you know, I can't tell you. But do you remember I said to you, but I did know, mm. and I do know what it is. What it is is when you create almost mechanically or manufacture hair for hair for hair, you're losing the essence of what you're trying to paint. When you're painting with a pastel pencil or any kind of medium that you can't get that kind of detail, you're forced into creating the impression of what you see. Therefore, instead of what you, putting down on the, the paper or the canvas what you see, it's the impression of what you see. And all my work is, 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 is like that. If you were to magnify some of my pictures up to, you know, four or five hundred percent, you'd find it's just a squiggle. There isn't anything there at all. It's just like a couple of little squiggles. But that doesn't matter because when you come back again to natural, uh, normal view, it looks right. Yeah. And when I was in London many, many years ago, I used to put my nose on John Constable's canvases, or as close as I could get to them, trying to find out how he did it, because I could see an amazing amount of detail. And all there was was just a few brush strokes. He'd put the essence down as opposed to the actual. Now, remember this, folks, really important. Where do you get that essence now, have we got time for me to tell you? Because I can, or have we not? Because I'll have to leave it till next week. Otherwise, I'd leave another cliffhanger. Do you know what? We'll have to leave we'll it. We'll have to leave it till <laughs> next week. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I didn't do this. Now, this is Steve, <laughs> right? I was willing we've got to a tell lot, you. We've got a lot to get through. <laughs> but remind me next week, and I'll tell you where the essence comes from, because it's fascinating. Where the, and I, I do know.
where it comes from. And I can tell anybody out there how to get there. How about that? Oh, there's a reason to tune in <laughs> next week, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. So fascinating. Okay, moving on. We've got some questions and some feedback we've got to get through. So the first one I'm going to fire at you, Dad, is uh, come from YouTube. It says, hi, Colin. I would like to know if you think the hard or soft pastels are better for the background. I believe the polychromos pastels are hard, but what's the difference between hard and soft anyway? Right. Uh, this is a really good question. And uh, if you've seen many of my YouTube clips, uh, you will be able to relate to what I'm going to tell you. Generally speaking, I put a pastel pencil on always the background to start with. I always do that because it gives it provides a key. Now, on top of that, you can use the polychromos, which is the, a harder pencil, a harder pastel, and that works brilliantly with the uh, pastel pencil. And you can intermix the two together if you wish. You can put more pastel pencil on, but you only get so far. Mind you, uh, in, in the case of the roses, which I did recently, it was far enough and they looked exquisite. But sometimes you want a little bit extra, like the lion, for instance, is one in the ballerina was another one, where the, the polychromos needs is too hard. So therefore, I then use a soft pastel. Soft pastels give you a much softer, smoother, more vibrant finish. You can use, and I do use, all three often. But that's the difference between the two. But I've got to tell you, pastel pencils is the easier thing to use. Polychromos isn't too bad to use. Soft pastel is a nightmare to use. Right. Okay. So, But so, you can use a combination of all three sometimes. You can. But once you put the soft pastel on, you can't put the pastel pencil back on again. Right. Or the polychromos, for that matter, because you scrape it off. By then. But can you put polychromos on and then put pastel pencil on top of polychromos? You can. Right. So once you've put soft pastel, no going back. There's no going back. That, that is, that's got to be your finishing touch. I see. Okay. Excellent. Great answer. Next one we have is, uh, again, from YouTube. It says, what is the count of pastel pencils that you use? I know you mentioned they are Faber-Castell pit pastel pencils, but I would like to know if you use a wide range, 60 or small, 24 to 36. Yep. So. Uh, another, another brilliant question. Generally speaking, I don't use any more than about 40. Some, uh, 40 I've never really counted, but I reckon 40, 42, say, top whack, out of a 60 range of pencils. I never use any more than that. So we're, we're looking at uh, 18 pencils that you're not going to use. That's why I never recommend people buying a 60 box, because right. you're going to have pencils. I've still got pencils that I've never, ever used, Steve. Really? Yeah. Mm. So... Uh, generally speaking, I go for that. Now, that's the amount of pencils that you need to do all subjects. On an average subject, I would use about 20, 22 pencils generally. Unlike watercolour, where you mix your colours, you can't do that so easily with a pastel pencil. You have to use an individual colour. Mm. Uh, so you tend to use four colours, where with watercolour, maybe you'd only use one or two. So it, it does work differently. Hmm. But that's generally, I would say, 2022. 20, if I've got a very difficult subject, then it could stretch maybe 30 pencils. Right. That's quite rare, though. Because mm. we sell the 24, uh, your box, your special that's selection, right. don't we, of that's 24 right. pencils, and that covers... Well, the 24 is, a, is still a basic set, though. It's hmm. a set that I put together that covers... You could do every subject that you wanted with that. Hmm. However... 
as people already know out there, you would need, if, if you were going to follow my workshop packs particularly, you would need extra pencils. All the starter packs, or the beginner's packs, we call them now, they can all be done with that 24 pencil set. Mm. But when you go into workshop packs, you have to buy the odd. The extra ones. You do, yes. Well, but you also sell those, don't we, individually? Oh, yes. So yes. people can get hold of all these. If you can't get them locally, mm. we, we sell them on, on the store. That's right. But I've answered the question there. Excellent. The next question we have is from Australia, Christine. She says, I live in Australia and I'm interested in your products. Do you send to Australia and is postage expensive? I love my art, but unfortunately due to health problems, was forced to give up my art lessons, painting and the art lessons forward slash painting and continued on with coloured pencils. But I can't go to the classes anymore. And due to the amount of pain I experienced, I used use the colouring inside of it as my meditation. I'm very interested in your packs as it gives me a helping hand and I don't have to do the thinking side of it. All I have to do is follow your instructions and turn it into something of my own. Would I be better to purchase individual packs or would a lesson DVD be better? Please advise. Right. Uh, well, I have replied to Christine. And what I would always recommend is you start with packs. Mm -hmm. Maybe one pack or two packs to start with. And the beginner's packs are the better ones because you're only needing six pencils. So if you bought one beginner's packs of your choice, cat, landscape, dog, whatever, you'd only want the six pencils and you get the six pencils with that. It's a very inexpensive way of doing it and you're following the instructions and there's no um, shame in any of this. This is a very good, everybody copies, I copy to start with, everybody does. So to start with, that's a good thing. Then you can then build the packs one after the other. Uh, as far as DVD is concerned, they're excellent, of course, and it's a very good idea. But really, to start off with, I wouldn't buy a DVD. I'd go to YouTube. There's so many freebies there mm. covering everything to start off with. But once you get into it and you've done maybe one or two packs, then is the time to think about it. You can build your pencils. Once you've got one set, of pen one set of six pencils, you can then add the pencils as you go along. We're more than happy to tell you what pencils you need for the next pack. Hmm. Excellent. Uh, I hope that answers uh, anyone else there that might have a, a similar question. Hopefully that, that sheds some light on that. She asks, is postage expensive to Australia? Well, it's our standard international rate, isn't it? Yes, if, um, if you just bought a pack, one of those packs, for instance, with, this, with the pencils, it would cost you £7, seven Australia. Seven great British pounds. Whatever so it is in Australian, Australian dollars. Australian dollars. But mm. Yeah, so that's, that's our standard postage mm. um, yes. for, for international delivery. Absolutely. Okay, thanks, Christine, for that question. The next one we have is, well, it's actually... We've got two two feedbacks here. We've got one from Veronica, which I'm going to say here. It says, Dear Colin, living in Lincolnshire, I was always envious of your students close enough to you to enjoy your local classes. To attend your workshops other than the annual trip to Patchings was always a long drive for me. Now, as a member of the videos, etc., you produce each week, I am able to enjoy all this from the comfort of my own home. Hope you're keeping well, Veronica. That was nice, very nice to hear from her. I do remember Veronica very well, actually. She, she came, used to meet, meet them at patchings every 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 year mm. and uh, she used to come along and now she can learn from her own she home she can yes so the next one we have is from warren uh warren powell he says colin i just wanted to say that i joined about a week ago and so far i think it is great i'm working on one of the members exercises and i think they're a great learning tool i hope the other people that frequent your site truly want to learn will join the price is right uh, of course it is. Thanks, Warren. <laughs> That's very nice of you, Warren. Again, I've sent a reply to him, and I'm 
very grateful. This is always it's very rewarding for us to have these kind of feedbacks. Mm. It tells us what's going on out there. Mm. It tells us tells us how people are using the site as well, That's what right. they're working on, because we're we're obviously adding new things all the time with coming mm. up with new ideas, and we need to know what's working and what isn't, what people mm. are enjoying, what they're not. So all this is great feedback for us, isn't it? Absolutely. The last question we have today is from Stan and Stan says I always have trouble signing my pictures no matter what pen I use should I be using the 199 black I haven't tried it in case it makes a mess thanks for reading this uh, this is this is a brilliant question uh, and it's not going to be terribly long to answer but what I've actually done Steve is I've done a, a video clip which uh, I'm going to ask you to put on sometime this week if you can okay to the member site mm-hmm. uh, because it shows me signing a picture and I go into the different colours and so on. But very briefly, the answer to the question, should you use a 199 pen? No, absolutely, definitely, categorically not, unless you're using pen and ink. If you're using a pen and ink or doing a pen and ink picture, yes, of course you would. But with a pastel pencil, it's always best to use a pastel pencil to sign with. And what I do is I, when I'm developing a picture, I usually leave a section of Knowing that I'm going to have to sign it, I use leave, leave a section uh, down, usually in the bottom corner if I can, so that I can sign across an area that's not going to be full of foliage or flowers and things like that. You know, it's awkward. That's the first thing I do. And secondly, is I find a colour that blends in with the rest of the picture. It's If it was too light a colour then it wouldn't show up. If it was black, for instance, I try to avoid black like the plague. Uh, but the ideal colours really is 177, 175, 283, that sort of thing. Uh, they are the better colours to use. Sharpen them up to a fine point. And another very important thing is your signature has got to be readable. There's no point having at the end because they won't know who it is. I changed my signature because my signature was illegible when I first started. Really? You'd never have been able to read it. Did you sign any pictures? No, I didn't because uh, we wouldn't have been able to read it. It was a a scroll. Right. So I learned very quickly to the current signature that I have. is very simplistic, very easy. In fact, when I started, it was C.M. Bradley rather than C.M.Bradley. There may even be one or two pictures out there signed like that. I don't know. They'd probably be uh, worth a bomb by now, those ones. Anyway... But then I changed it to Colin Bradley. It's it's very simplistic, so keep it as simple as you can. And also, one thing I've seen on, on pictures is some people put the date, don't they? They yes. say the date when they did the picture. Mm-hmm. How far do you take it with, with signing a picture? When I first started, I used to put dates on. And I did some work for Noel Tat Greetings Card Company once, and he said to me, Colin, he said, if you don't mind me suggesting, don't put dates on. He said, because otherwise people know if you go to an exhibition and uh, you put the same old picture on that you put on 25 years ago, you know, 1984 or 19... You know, they think, oh, well, this can't be much copy. It hasn't sold. <laughs> well, he hasn't done anything since. <laughs> so so from that point in time, I never... I, and I haven't signed it. So going back, uh, going back, oh, gosh, a lot of years now. I still have, you know, downstairs... Uh, in in our lounge, you will see the picture of Prepare a Harbour, you know? Yep, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's got a date on it, if you look. Has it? Yeah. After Col- this Colin podcast, Bradley. I'm going to go and look there <laughs> what the date is on that. Yeah, I can tell you it's 1986. Is it? Yeah. Oh. So there you go, folks. Okay. Well, no. I hope that helps. I'm sure it, it, it'd be a great help to Stan and other Absolutely. people. Absolutely. And that, that video clip 
uh, for all members out there, look out for that. We'll, we'll put that up. I'll put that up as soon as I can. Yes, and and uh, I'm going to be a bit cheeky here, but um, when you see the clip, folks, you'll see that I've only used the corner. You don't see the picture, and I'm keeping that picture under wraps. Stephen hasn't even seen it yet. I haven't. No. Well, this this picture's coming to you in about a month's time. I'm hoping to coincide it with our first millionth uh, YouTube view. Okay. That's I'm trying to coincide the two together. No, it's an absolutely stunning picture, folks. I finished it this week, and it's. Uh, but you're going to have to wait. You'll you'll get an idea when you see the corner. You'll think, hey, these are a few autumn leaves floating around here. You know. Anyway, there we are. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> not not telling them anything more. Are you? No, but no, but the idea of this is to show how to sign the pictures, Steve. Absolutely, good. Okay, that concludes another week. We've already already done it. It's already finished. It's been a corker, isn't it? It has. I've enjoyed it very much. This Me week. too. Me too. Okay, that's it for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, keep listening. Keep sending in your comments. Keep the feedback coming, and let us know what you think. So that's it for this week. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. <laughs> Is it time for Garibaldi? I bought some this week. Did you? Yeah, yeah they're lovely. They're all currency.